Come on, let us celebrate the Lord. Give him a wonderful, 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 wonderful hand clap. Amen. Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. Let us celebrate Jesus. Amen. How many of you love the Lord today? Amen. Truly, I love him. Amen. I thank him. Amen. I glorify him. And I appreciate him for everything he's doing. Amen. This is our offering time. Amen. And I just want to read one scripture to you real quick. Amen. As we get ready to go into our offering time. Amen. I'm going to read it to you from the book book of Luke. Amen. And has God been good to you this year? Amen. Hasn't he kept you? Amen. Every one of you still alive and breathing even with a pandemic going on, economically, the hand of God has still been upon us. He has still been blessing us. So I thank him for that. Amen. Let me read this to you from the book of Luke, chapter number six, as we get ready for our offering time. Praise God. Let's see right here. It says... He coming from Luke and he said, give and it shall be given unto you. He says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give in your bosom. Amen. How many of you want the Lord to press his blessings down upon you? You want him to shake them together over your life and then you want them to run over. How many of you know running over in the Lord is a place? That's a spiritual place to what God brings you to where you always have more than what you need. And the Bible says when God brings you to a place where you always have more than what you need, he said if you have two coats, give to him that have none so that he can have. He said if, you, if somebody asks you to go one mile, go with him too. God wants us to be living in a place where we have more than what we need just for ourselves. And when he brings us to a place where we have more than what we need, now it's time to give and be a blessing to others. Amen. So we have a few ways to give. Amen. The ushers are going to come by if you want to give in-house. If you want to give online, you can go to thehouseoffreedom.com. That's thehouseoffreedom.com. Then there's a give tab. You can go that way. Or you can text to 73256. 73256 and when you text the 73256 there is a prompt for you and it's going to take you to then you type in HOF 10120 and that's a special day that was October the 1st 2020 our first service as House of Freedom amen so HOF 10120 after you go through the text and prompt and online, they'll put the promptings on there for you, praise God, so you'll be able to follow that way as well. So 73256 and then HOF 10120, and it'll prompt you as you move forward. Amen.
Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, I thank you for all of those, oh God, whose heart you touch to give into the kingdom of God today. I pray that heaven has recorded it, God, and that you will reward them according, oh God, to how they gave to you. Father God, the Bible says, oh God, that the wealthy man gave into the treasure, oh God, out of his abundance, oh God, because he has so much. But you took the notice of the widow woman, God. She was poor. She didn't have much, oh God. But out of what she had, oh God, she loved you, God. She realized, oh God, that she wanted to honor you, God, from the little that she had, oh God. And heaven took note of it. Heaven recorded it. God, and it's written in the Bible, oh God. So God, it's not about how much we have to give. God, it's about how much we honor you. God, how much we love you. God, and if we give unto you out of a cheerful heart, for the word of the Lord declares to us that God loves a cheerful giver. Bless your beautiful people today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to ask that you stand with me as we get ready to go into the word. Amen. How many of you know, amen, that we are on the second week of our sermon series entitled Power? Amen. The title, God moved mightily last week, amen, and God filled people with his spirit. He filled people with his power. I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. And how many of you know, amen, that the spirit is God's promise to you? And as I've been studying this series, and as I've just been reconciling it with my experiences, a lot of, as you'll see, as we walk through the scriptures, as we realize that that is heaven's will for you to be filled with his spirit at all times. Amen. What I've learned, there's a missing nugget in the new covenant when it comes to being baptized and filled with the spirit. A lot of people don't realize that just as you use gas in your car, just as you use battery life from your cell phone, you can get drained. Every time you engage in ministry, every time you engage in overcoming temptation, every time you lay hands on somebody, you are putting out something. And many people, the sad thing about it, what happens with many people, they put out and never get refilled. How many of you know your wife can drain you? Your children can drain you. Your job can drain you. Life can drain you. Jesus called it the cares of this world. He say how the cares of this world can overcharge you and it can cause you to be drained of power. And many people are living their Christian lives today having been drained with power. And you know what's the sad part about that? It happens from the highest level all the way down to the bottom level. You have dry apostles. You have dry prophets. You got dry evangelists. You got people that's serving God and don't even realize that they're running on empty. Somebody say, I'm not going to run on empty. Somebody say, Lord, I'm not. I refuse (laughs) to run on empty. Amen. So let's pray. And we're going to jump into this. And the title of our sermon today is, Don't Live Empty. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the wind of the Holy Ghost. Father God, I thank you, oh God, for 
God, the spirit of God. I thank you for the, the breath of God. I thank you for the life of God. I thank you for the word of God. Lord Jesus, I'm even reminded when you begin to teach and you begin to teach your people and then as you were teaching them you begin to breathe upon them and when you breathe the breath of God upon them you begin to say these words receive the Holy Ghost Father God many people God realize God and God we're not in the times God of of the book of Acts oh God when the gospel was just starting and it was in this Genesis oh God God, and as it was going throughout the world, oh God, and God, Paul encountered some people in Ephesus, oh God, and they had never heard of the Holy Ghost. For God, we're not living in that time today, God. God, we're living in an era, oh God, where wonderful men and women, God, for two millennia, God, have been spreading the word of the Lord. God, millions of people have been filled with the Holy Ghost, God, since the day of Pentecost. God, and I'm thankful for it, oh God. But, oh God, I'm living in a generation, oh God, God, where many believers are living on empty. God, many believers know of your spirit. God, many believers know of your power, oh God. God, but they fail, God, to analyze where they are spiritually. God, they fail to realize, oh God, God, that as we labor, God, and as we war, God, and as we engage in warfare and, and temptations, oh God, and laying on the hands of the sick, God, we lose virtue, God. We get drained, oh God. God, and let this message be a modern day parable. God, even as we get ready to go to bed, oh God, and we reach for our charges. And we plunk them in the wall, God, so that we can use them the next day, God. And we wake up, oh God, expecting God to have a full charge. God, as we pull into the gas stations, oh God. God, as we've been traveling, God. God, and even on our cars, oh God, it tells us tank capacity 300 miles or 400 miles, oh God. God, and as we travel, oh God, God, we have put gas stations, God, all over the world, oh God. And we stop and we fill up our cars. God, but as believers, oh God, we keep our titles, we keep our name, we keep our years of service. And we fail to go before you to get filled up over and over and over. For many people believe, oh God, that when you receive the Holy Ghost the very first time and the only time, God, they don't realize, oh God, that now, God, you got to live life. You got to walk in the spirit. You got to deal with demons. You got to deal with temptations. And we must be constantly filled up over and over and over. God, we don't have to fall, God. God, we don't have to backslide. God, we don't have to be in church. God, empty, God. God, we can live a spirit-filled life all of the time, oh God. God, I refuse, God, to live as an empty believer, oh God. God, I don't care what I have to go through, God, what I have to suffer. God, I would not place the blame of my emptiness at the responsibility of anything that I go through, oh God. God, but I'm going to take responsibility to keep myself full. And let us all have that mentality, God. And let us not run on empty. God, but let us stay full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, God, fill me all over again. Somebody say, Lord, I want to stay full. All right, let's have a seat and let's go into the word, into the book of Acts number eight, chapter number eight. Somebody say, I don't want to live empty. 
Hallelujah. And you know what's beautiful? How many of you ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Look, every hand, look at that. If you're living in America in 2021, and you haven't heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's kind of like, I don't even know if that's possible no more. Because you've got internet, you've got Facebook, you've got social media. Amen. You've got all of these things. You can go Google that. You can put that in YouTube and you can see, amen, that God has been doing this for a very long time. But you know what I've learned through my experience as I, and let me just share something with you real quick about your Christian walk. Paul, the apostles, they delivered what was called the faith to the church. And what I've been learning about the faith as I've been journeying and traveling, observing and paying attention, you grow in the faith. You develop in the faith. You're going to have many experiences in the faith. Amen. You're going to go through seasons in the faith. You're going to go through times in your walk where you feel like you're on fire and the Lord is close to you. You're going to go through seasons where you feel like he's so far away, you, he don't even hear you praying. There's going to be times you're going to doubt if you're even saved and if you're in the right place. Amen. That's the experience of being in the faith. Amen. Amen. Anybody ever had some of those experiences? You filled up with God and you're excited and you start going through things in life and you like, okay, God, well, where you at, Lord? Let me show you something here. This is going to help you so much over here in the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 4. And I'm going to read a few scriptures, so follow me here. Somebody say, I am a believer. And this sermon is for me because I'm a believer. Therefore, they were scattered abroad and they went everywhere preaching the word. It says, and, and then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. And the people with one accord then gave heed unto the things that Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many that were taken with palsy or paralyzed, and many that were lame were healed. Somebody say, and there was great joy in that city. <laughs> but there was a certain man named Simon, which before time in the same city, he used sorcery. And he bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Before I go any further, let me give you a warning here. Never say in your Christian life that a man is the great power of God. Y'all heard what I just said, church? That's dangerous because Simon was going throughout Samaria and as he was going through, the Bible say he bewitched the people or he was so charismatic, he caused the people to believe everything he said and he was convincing people that he was some great one. Now, y'all don't have to amen me, but I see it all over the Christian community, all over the world. Amen. It happens in politics. It happens in church. It happens Amen. Hitler did that. It happens all over the world. A charismatic person rise and he tell he's, he's persuasive and then people think he's some great one and then they call him the power of God. Never do that. Somebody say no man 
is the great power of God. To him they had regard because of a long time he bewitched them with sorceries. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and he wondered to be holding the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, let me set this passage up for you real quick. So here they are in Samaria. We know Samaria, amen, was not the, it was people that Israel split. And these people in Samaria and the people in Jerusalem and Israel, now they were at odds because they had different beliefs. Listen to me, Christians. I was thinking on this this morning. And this is what we got to learn. God is not judging us on how much knowledge you have. He's judging you on how much charity you have. I want to let that sink in. (laughs) Because what happens is this. Knowledge differences cause people to be divided. But charity (laughs) causes people to find a way to stay together. Jesus never said you're going to know them by how much they know. He said you're going to know them by how much love they have one to another. Now, when you go deeper into the meaning of charity and you get a context of what charity is talking about, what charity is talking about is how do you get along with other believers that don't believe at the same knowledge level as you? God is not going to judge you based upon how accelerated you are in the book of knowledge. He's going to judge you on how you treat people that's not at the same level as you. Can you be patient with somebody that don't have all the beliefs you have? Can you be kind to somebody that don't have all the exact viewpoints that you have? Can you be gentle to them? Can you, can you, can you still Interact with somebody that may not see it exactly how you see it. Y'all think that's a diff, that's simple, but it's really more difficult than you think. It's not easy for people, and that's why the Bible calls Christians the light of the world. Because we are supposed to show the world how people at different levels of knowledge still can get along and fellowship with each other. The church is not supposed to be divided like the Republicans and the Democrats. The church is supposed to be able to have brothers and sisters that have different levels of knowledge and can still fellowship one with another. All right. So here they are. They came to Samaria. And what I love about this passage is one, and as we go into it, let me show you how beautiful it is. <laughs> you have what's called believers, and then you have what's called spirit-filled believers. How many of you know that's two separate things? You can be a believer, but never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. But the Bible say when Philip came to Samaria, they had two different assignments. <laughs> Philip went to Samaria to preach Jesus and cause these people to be baptized in John's baptism. And the Bible say he did a lot of miracles. He say, but none of these people were baptized or filled with the spirit yet. But they were believers. 
Because now how do you interact with other people? Let's say you are a spirit-filled believer. How do you interact with people that may not be spirit-filled, but they believe in Jesus? Then I get an amen. Y'all go amen me today. <laughs> so to marry you receive the word of God. And when Samaria received the word of God, they went up to this point with Philip, receiving the word, believing in Jesus, the men and women, children getting baptized. Look what happened next. Somebody say, I'm not living empty. (laughs) Somebody say, I'm a believer and I want the Holy Ghost. I felt something when I said that. It's like something touched me right there. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria received what? They received the word of God, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost. Uh Uh-oh. They sent unto Peter, unto them Peter and John, who when they would come down, they prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody say it's not God's will. For me to be empty. Now let me show you what heaven is looking at today. Heaven is looking at a lot of believers all over the world that's empty. And what's happening to the empty believers is this. The empty believers are struggling to walk in obedience to the word of God. Because the spirit is what gives you the power to obey the word. And many people struggling to obey because they empty. The Holy Ghost is what gives you the power to read something and say, you know what? I've been struggling with being faithful to my wife, but now I'm going to believe in Christ. The Holy Ghost is supposed to give you the power to go on your phone and erase every phone number that's not from that woman you married to. And men, it go both words. We don't want to pick on nobody. You understand what I'm saying? So the Christian life was not designed to be a struggle to obey. The Christian life is not designed for you to have a struggle with forgiving somebody. You know why people, this is what the modern believers do. The modern believers have an issue and they have what's called a cutoff spirit. Now y'all better stop getting quiet on me because y'all already know that don't bother me. Y'all know that don't bother me. (laughs) But listen, you know why a lot of people can't arrange the dialogue to make the peace in difficult conversations? Because they're empty. There's no way the Spirit of God is going to allow you to have issues and odds with your brothers and sisters and not deal with you to make the phone call to talk about it. The Spirit of God is going to deal with you and it's going to say, now you know you and your brother been at odds for three years. It's time to bury that. It is time for one of y'all, and then guess who he's going to say? He's going to say, you as the believer, you are the light of the world. You make the phone call. And because you are saying you are the follower, and you're going to say, well, Lord, that's difficult. That hurt me. He's going to say, that's why I'm empowering you, because on your own, you can't do that. You can't do some of the things that the word is asking you to do in your own strength. 
It's hard for you to give somebody that has wounded you deeply in your own strength because human nature is to withdraw from pain. The Lord says, son, this is why a lot of believers are struggling because they're empty. He said, I sent my spirit to empower them. The Christian life wasn't designed to be a life of struggle. It's designed to be a life of victory. God did not design salvation to be a burden. He designed it to be a life filled with joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. The word helping somebody today. The Bible say the apostles came down. And they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. You know what hit me in that scripture? Might. Because every believer don't get it. Though it's God's will for every believer to get it, every believer may not do what's required to get filled. Once you believe on the Lord Jesus, it's God's will for you to live a spirit-filled life. But he said, he went over there, he said that they might receive the Holy Ghost. That's leaving the door open in my mind that every believer doesn't get filled with the spirit, which is God's will. Ain't that a shame? So as they went to pray for them, now look what happened. Now look at something beautiful happened here. They say, then they, it says, for as of yet, I'm in verse 16. It says, for as of yet, he was not fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, y'all, that's kind of a theological point, but I do want to touch it right quick. Most people feel like once they get baptized, they have the spirit. The Bible says in verse 16 that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but the spirit hasn't filled them yet. So you mean to tell me I can be a believer? I can get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and still not be filled with the spirit? That's what he just said. So you need the whole package. You need to be a believer. You need to get baptized in the water and you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say that's three separate things. So you don't, you're not supposed to live your life because if you live your life as a believer only, you go down in the water, you can't beat the devil without a spirit because the devil is a spirit. You can't outthink the devil. You can't outsmart the devil. You can't out mentally tough the devil. You, it's, Paul say we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. See, you can't see the enemy coming through your family if you don't have the spirit to open your eyes and say, that's not your sister doing that. She's under the influence of a demon. See, when you're walking in the Holy Ghost, you can say, man, my child is not, what's happening to my child? And you can say, I didn't raise my child like that. My child is being fought with a spirit. 
And by you being full of the Holy Ghost, you can see into the spirit realm and help your child. Listen to me. The worst thing you can do as a parent is live for God without his spirit. Because the devil going to come for your children. He's going to fight your children. He's going to try to possess your children. He's going to try to take over your children. Why? Because if he can keep your children giving you trouble, that's going to be a weight on your life. You know how many people live in the Christian life with the weight of worrying about their children? And don't even know how to solve the problem. Some things believers can solve in their own house by laying hands on their own children. But how are you going to lay hands on your children without power? And we medicate them. And sometimes we, we put human answers on our children when we say we believers. Sometimes to stabilize your children's mind, you just need to lay hands on them and say, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I command their mind to be stable. And you can pray against that ADHD. Y'all want to live a life of power? Or y'all want to keep dragging y'all kids to these doctors and they just medicate them out of their mind. See, and you know what's so, what's, what's a little alarming about where we've evolved to as the modern Christians? We use our lack of power and we guise it with the term, well, I need wisdom. And we, and, and we substitute power for saying, well, we got to be wise. When the power of God can literally solve any problem you face. Y'all follow me today. Give me an amen. Help me out here. All right. Vanity say awesome word. Bless your heart. man. <laughs> Look what happened here. Now we're going to walk through this. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the hands... The Holy Ghost was given. Somebody say, when the Holy Ghost fall, you're going to see it. Somebody say, you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to say, uh-uh. The Bible says Simon saw. What did he see? He saw when they laid hands on the believers, the Spirit hit them, and he saw something. He saw a power touch their body. And when the Spirit hit them, then they begin to say, the Bible say when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. The Bible say they laid hands on them. And look what he says. And Simon say, well, can I buy that? <laughs> he said, can I offer you money? He said, I want to buy the Holy Ghost. Somebody say you can't buy the Holy Ghost. Look what Simon said, give me also this power that on whoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. God said, you don't have to buy it. All you got to do is ask for it. You, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to bribe me. You don't have to trick me. All you got to do is prepare your life, sanctify your life, and understand what it takes to receive it, and I'll give it to you freely. So Simon said, can I buy it? And look what the apostle said. But Peter said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God, somebody say the gift of God is the Holy Ghost. 
You thought it could be purchased with money. He says, you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. He said, repent of this wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. He said, for I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And then answered Simon and he said, pray, pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. Y'all, you know what touches me about this story? Simon believed. Simon was baptized. Simon didn't get filled and his heart was still wrong. Your heart can't change except it's changed by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what changes your heart. The Holy Ghost is what changes your mind. The man was a believer. He was baptized in water. He never been filled with the Spirit. So his heart was still able to stay corrupt before God. And you know what that reminds me of? A lot of believers today. Because a lot of believers today, they believe, they get baptized in water, they don't get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they war with these heart issues. But the solution to your internal wars is the Spirit coming in and cleaning you up from the inside out. Amen. So condition number one I wanted to diagnose was believers that's not full. Now, I want to move to the second one. This one right here is really going to help you that have been filled with the Spirit at one point or another. This is really going to help you. Let me tell you how this is going to help you so, 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 so much. Just follow me here. We're going to go to Acts chapter 4. Now, when we're coming from Acts chapter 3, here's what happened. In Acts chapter 3, Peter, they were going up to prayer. And while they were going up to prayer, there was an impotent man in their pathway and the man was sitting at the gate begging for alms. And Peter said, sir, I don't have silver. He said, I don't have gold. He said, but what I have, I give it to you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, he said, rise up and walk. Now, when that man got healed from his impotency, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> A swarm of religious leaders came to question that man and they came to question Peter. The chief priest came to question him. Caiaphas came to question him. Ain't it funny how God starts moving by his spirit and everybody that thinks they have so much knowledge start questioning God and it's like God have to start funneling his move through people knowledge? The man was sitting there. God took this man and raised him up from being impotent and instead of the people in church rejoicing they started to say how did this happen who gave you the authority to do that who told you to do that how you got the where you get this from and look what happened y'all see and this is why i want to talk about how important it is to have the holy ghost look at verse eight so imagine the setting peter is sitting there under religious scrutiny look what happened somebody say just because you got knowledge that don't mean you have power. Then Peter filled with what? What Peter was filled with? He said unto them, you rulers of the people <laughs> and elders of Israel, 
if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand here before you whole? He said, this is the stone which was set at naught of the builders. It has become the head of the corner. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven where given among men whereby we must be saved. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant. They marveled. And they took the knowledge of them and that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? Listen, you're going to need some power to follow God, to endure the scrutiny from religious people. And let me share something with you. You're not going to even have all the knowledge of religious people, but the spirit is going to give you a mouth and wisdom at that particular time how to move forward. Here is Peter. This, this touches me so much. He laid hands on a man. The man was healed from an impotent lifestyle. And now all of the people that thought they knew God started examining Peter. If you can't live with being examined by people in church, you're not ready to follow Jesus. You know how many people fall under the pressure of church people opinion? You know how many people fall? Do you know why people fall? Because they get intimidated and they get. And what happens is you can't face all of that without the spirit of God giving you the courage to keep going. Y'all, a lot of people in Peter's position would have collapsed. God had filled them with so much power, he laid hands on the impotent man. The man got immediately whole, and then immediately following the miracle, he was under attack from religious leaders. That's tough. Now, let me show you what they did. And this is what's going to help you as a believer. Verse 19. And this is what so many believers don't do that's filled with the Spirit. He said, but Peter and John answered, and they said, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. Verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company, and they reported all that the chief priest and the elders said. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of the servant David has said, and then he go, let's go down to verse 31. Well, let's go to verse 29. He says, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants both with all boldness 
that they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, child Jesus. Verse 31. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word with boldness. Y'all read verse 31 with me. Y'all ready? One, two, three. And they, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Stop right there. Now let's go back up to verse number eight. <laughs> Y'all read that with me. Y'all ready? One, two, three. <laughs> then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, rulers of the people, how is it that Peter was filled in verse 8 and then he had to come back down in verses 31 and get full all over again? What you say, Brother Colin? He was drained. Verse number eight, the Bible says he was full of the Holy Ghost. And that fullness that he had is what gave him the courage to face the challenge of the religious leaders. But this is what so many people do. So many people, when they face challenges, they leave the challenge. And instead of going to call their friends that's full of the Holy Ghost and get refilled again, they start going on Facebook, throwing shade, calling their friends, throwing off and, and just talking about how bad they got hurt. No, call you some powerful friends and say, I just went through something. It took a lot out of me, but let's get together so we can get filled up again. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face things that drain you. You're going to face adversity. But don't live empty. How can the apostle get filled twice in the same chapter? This man got filled twice in the same chapter. You know what's happening to the believers, and this is heaven downloading this to me. He says, son, believers are folding under pressure. <laughs> when you're walking in the spirit, you're not folding under pressure. Listen, y'all. The spirit of God will empower you even if you standing by yourself. If you the only person and you convicted, you will go to your grave with the Holy Ghost giving you the strength. You don't need a crowd when you know the Holy Ghost is with you. The Holy Ghost won't let you be intimidated. But this is some things you got to settle in your heart. This is what you've got to sell it in your heart. Number one, God has called me to do what I'm doing. Number two, I can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Number three, I'm going to have many, 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 many challenges. And number four, I'm going to monitor myself to where when I don't feel full, I'm going to make sure I get filled up again. Listen, it's your responsibility to know if you're full. Y'all heard what I just said? Look what Peter did. Peter said, listen, man, I just faced a chief priest. I just faced the rulers of the synagogue. I just faced the elders. And I healed the man. All Peter was saying is, it took a lot out of me. I didn't fold. I didn't collapse. I didn't bend. I didn't break. But I drank. 
I used my phone. I drove my car. That's all Peter was saying. I filled my car up yesterday, but I went to Lake Charles. I had my phone charged, but I had a lot of business calls and my battery drained. All Peter was saying is, Lord, where my charger at? All Peter was saying is, where's the nearest gas station? Peter, you can't start dri- Imagine you driving to Florida and just because your gas get empty, you cancel all of your plans. The car got empty. Well, I guess we're not going to Florida. No, even in the natural world, we hit the GPS nearest gas station. If you're driving a Tesla nearest charging station. But in the spirit world, we know God has called us to ministry. We know God has called us to service. And we get empty and we don't go back to the charging station. And we just accept being empty. Listen, believers, you can get drained. You can get depleted. Peter got depleted. And let me share something with you. He was an apostle. He got depleted. When you're counseling people, you're working, you're counseling your wife, your daughter, your son, you're getting in, the, you are getting depleted. You go, you lay hands on somebody, virtue coming out of you. When that woman touched Jesus' garment, he said, who touched me? He said, because I perceive. See, you got to perceive when something is going out of you. Jesus said, I perceive that virtue has grown out of me. Let me give you some indicators. When your temper's short, Something gone. When you're getting angry quick, you might be getting empty. When you have no drive to study God's word, you're probably getting depleted. When you start losing that drive, to, you're probably getting depleted. Listen, get back to the gas station. There's no limit on how many times you can get filled up. Every time you feel empty, get filled up. And you know what I learned? I really, really understand why Jesus took those disciples and he made them stay about a stone cast away from him when he prayed. I understand because he didn't want them to hear what he was getting ready to say. Because he knew that if they heard what he was really feeling, they probably would have said, you the Messiah? You literally sitting here wrestling with God on if you can find a way out of this trial. You mean to tell me you the Messiah and you not even you 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 told us you were the son of God. You you told us who you were. And now you going in the garden asking God for a way out of this thing. You really the Messiah? Jesus said, hold on. I got some things I'm feeling in my flesh right now. Y'all stay about a stone cast away because I don't need nobody around me when I get to praying how I really feel. That's what you got to learn as a believer. Sometimes you got to get everybody away from you so you can talk to God about where you really are. What's hindering us is we always got to have somebody to pray with. And if people think so highly of you and you really got to protect that image, you can't really bear your heart how you need to. That just helps somebody right now. Sometimes you got to get everybody away so you can really talk to God about. And you, sometimes you need to go to God like this and say, God, look, I don't even hear your voice no more. I feel so distant from you, God. I know I've been preaching. 
I, I know people think so highly of me, I, but God, I don't, I don't even want to read the Bible. God, I wonder if I should continue working ministry. And God is going to say, I understand where you are. You need to be refreshed. The Bible say times of refreshing come from the presence of God. How many of you know that sometimes you just need God to refresh you? Sometimes you just, it's not that you want to go back into the world. It's not that you don't want to serve God no more. Sometimes you've just been dealing with so much, you just need just a freshness from God. And the Bible say the times of refreshing come from the presence of God. Oh, it's nothing like the presence of God. So listen, the reason as I get ready to close, the reason why I read that in verse number 8 and verse number 31, the point I was trying to drive home is that even if an apostle had to be filled all over again, what I love about that as I dive into that scenario but number one, nobody had to tell the apostle he was empty. See, when you love God enough, before I can even correct you, you're going to correct your own self. Because it's your relationship you worried about. See, Peter knew. He said, listen, I got many more years ahead of me to serve God, but I'm drained right now. I just need some another and the Bible says, and what, this is what I love about that in verse 31. This is what I love, and I've experienced that many times. He said when those brethren got together, it said the room started shaking all over again. And it said they were all filled with the Spirit all over again. And what that speaks to me is, listen, I can get filled up over and over and over and over. In other words, Paul wrote the Ephesians. He said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. That word be is a preposition which means constant state of being. Meaning 24 hours a day and seven days a week, God wants you to be full. Be is a continual state. If you get into an argument with your husband or your wife, guess what? That's going to take time out of you. Guess what you need to do? Don't go and, 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 and start calling everybody and running your spouse down. No, you need to get before God and say, God, look, how I fix this? Y'all, life is draining. That's the point I'm trying to make. And you got to know yourself enough to know that when life is draining you, you got to go back to the filling station. Do I have any witnesses in here? Anybody feel like they can get filled up all over again? Ooh, that's a lot of hands. All right, well, bless the Lord. Let me finish this up. Y'all stand up with me, and we're going to finish this up. Amen. Let me go to my last scripture over here in the book of Luke. And somebody say preparation. That's what this last point is. This last point is preparation. Preparation for what? Obviously, preparation to be filled. How many of you know you can't get full without preparation? Amen. You got to prepare yourself to be filled. Amen. Let me show you how Jesus put this in a parable. Luke chapter 5, 
verse 36 to 38. Absolutely beautiful passage. I love the way he taught. God, give me the grace, Lord Jesus, to explain this the way you did. Give us the understanding to understand what you were trying to communicate to us in this passage. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. Somebody say preparation. And he spake a parable unto them. He said, no man puts a piece of new garment upon an old. He said, if otherwise, then both the new make it a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agree it not with the old. Amen. Y'all see what Jesus is saying? He said, if you're trying to repair a garment, you can't go get a new piece of garment and put it on a worn garment because it's going to be very noticeable. He said, you can't take the spirit of God, newness, and put it on top of oldness. He said, in order for you to prepare for the spirit, you got to put away old things to make room for what's new. Oh, that's so beautiful. Look what else he began to say. <laughs> I love how he taught this. He said, no man puts new wine. Somebody say new wine. Y'all know that new wine is the Holy Ghost, right? He said, no man puts the Holy Ghost into old bottles. He's saying, here's my reason. When I put the Holy Ghost in the old bottle, the bottle going to burst and the wine would spill, and the bottle would perish. He said, you can't take the Spirit of God and put it into an unprepared vessel. He says, if you want the new wine to come on the inside of you, you got to make up in your mind that you're going to cause your bottle, or how many of you know your body is a, like a bottle? Paul wrote the Corinthians like this. He said, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God? He said, your human body is God's temple. And he said, when the spirit of God comes in that temple, it wants to worship God. He said, but I can't put my new spirit in an old temple or in an unprepared temple or in a temple that has no mind to make room for my spirit. It's no different than getting married. If you go to a lady and you say, I want to marry you. Listen, y'all, this is so crucial what I'm about to explain. It's so crucial. Imagine going propose. And you go and you propose. And you said, will you marry me? And you take that ring and she say yes. And you put that ring on her finger. Y'all married yet? Of course you're not married yet. We know that in the natural. <laughs> but what makes a man decide he's ready to get married? In his mind, what he is saying is, I am putting away everybody else. You are now my only option. You are the only one that I'm going to make room for and time for. I'm talking about when it's done right, of course. And what you are saying is, you are now the only person I, you start preparing for. It. And in your preparation, you pick a date and you say March the 15th, we're getting married. And on that date, now from let's say July, December 26th, you propose the date. 
to March 26th. All of that time you are using to prepare to bring this lady into your house. You're going to make sure you got a home, a car, the right, you know, you prepare for it. And then on the 26th of March, whenever that day comes, now you're going to go walk down the aisle and have this ceremony. And now you're going to come together in marriage before everybody. Are you married yet? You're not married yet. You're married when your flesh connect. See, when the the man and the woman flesh come together, now these two people are married, not just on paper, not just with a ring. They have now come together. And they've gotten married. But you had to prepare for that. And that's what Jesus is saying. You are married to Christ when his spirit come on the inside. You're not married to him because you believe in him. You're not married to him because you went down in the water. You are connected to him when his spirit comes. He said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he none of his. What is he saying? He's saying, when we come together in a marriage, man and Christ is when my spirit connects with your heart. He said, and when my spirit come live on the inside of you, we are now married. We are now one. We are now connected. Ain't that beautiful? But you got to prepare for that. You got to prepare for that. You got to make up in your mind that you want to marry Christ. Because when you marry Christ, there's going to be things that you got to put away to be married to him. And the reason, y'all, this is what you got to realize. The reason he gives us his spirit is so that he can govern us. So that he can lead us. Look what he said. Keep verse. He said, no man can say Jesus is his Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Why did he say that? He said, because until I put my spirit in you, I can't control you. Until I put my spirit in you, I can't govern you. I can't tell you where to go because you don't have the power to follow me. But when I empower you with my spirit, now I can lead you. I can guide you. I can govern you. I can tell you where to go, what to wear, how to do your hair. I can govern your life. He said, but I can't govern your life until my spirit comes. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is supposed to govern your life? The Bible says they that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. He said, and no man can put new wine in an old. Somebody say, Lord, make my bottle new. Somebody say, make my bottle new so that I can be filled with new wine. Ooh, that's powerful right there. Ooh, that's powerful right there. He said, but new wine must be put in new bottles, and both are preserved. God wants your body healthy. He wants your mind healthy. He wants your spirit healthy. He said, I put the new wine in the new bottle so I can save save all of it. God don't want your spirit to be full and your body bad. Because the spirit will start leading you on how to take care of your body. He say both would be preserved. He say both would be preserved. 
Somebody say, put your hand on your chest and say, this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I will take care of it. I will remove everything out of this temple that makes the Holy Ghost uncomfortable. Oh, that's powerful right there. You know what I see right now? I see Jesus going in your temple and overturning tables. Y'all think he just went overturn physical? No, he want to overturn the tables of your heart that's hard. The things in your heart that's not like him. He want to overturn that. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you as we get ready to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I want the best wine. Oh, my God. There's so much to teach and learn about the Holy Ghost. So, 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 so much to teach and learn about the Holy Ghost. And as I think we get ready to pray, I just want to quickly recap this for you. Remember Samaria. Remember Samaria as you read through that. You can be a believer. You can be baptized in water and not fool. You need to be a believer. You need to be baptized in the water. And you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. All three of those things are necessary. God don't want you living empty. Hallelujah. And you can be a person, amen, that's been filled with the Spirit and been drained. God don't want you living empty. You can be a person that had the Holy Ghost before and backslid. God don't want you being empty. Hallelujah, Lord. I don't want to leave this place empty. Do y'all mind if we pray together? Because I want to be filled up myself. Amen. Y'all mind if we like all just pray together? Amen. And I may not lay hands on you today. Well, I might because they laid hands on me. I don't really know how that's going to go but well I tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to pray for y'all and I'm going to lay hands on y'all but then I want y'all to lay hands on me too because when I lay hands on y'all amen things going to come out of me but I want it back (laughs) amen I don't want to amen give all of my all out hallelujah Jesus So I want to ask you, if you want to come up here and pray with me to be filled or refilled as we get ready to go, amen. If you want to be filled or refilled as we get ready to go, as we get ready, amen, to dismiss the service, before we do that, amen, we're going to come before the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me, amen. And I thank you for your humility, being humble enough. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all sound good. That's beautiful. Amen. And if you're watching online, amen, amen. Many of you are watching online with us today. I thank God for you too. Amen. I never want to 
leave you out. I never want to not be conscious of you. Amen. The Lord wants you to have the same experience as everybody else. Amen. And I remember my experience. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. In my grandmother's room. Amen. In her back room. So you don't have to be in church to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you believe on the Lord Jesus, amen, he can pour out his spirit and meet you right where you are. But you got to make up in your mind, amen, that you're going to prepare yourself to be filled with God's spirit, amen. So if you want God to refill you, to refill you, or to fill you for the very first time, amen, amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, as we humble ourselves before you today, God. Father God, even as Peter, oh God, faced this challenge, oh God, of going, God, before all of those, oh God, the religious community, oh God. God, he was determined in his mind, oh God, oh God, to obey you, oh God, to God walk in your spirit, to carry out your will, God. But he remembered the scriptures of the Lord Jesus when you told them, don't move until they be filled with power and that they would be witnesses of you in Jerusalem and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh God, we need to be filled with your spirit today, God. God, begin to pour out of your spirit, pour out of your power, oh God. God, fill us up today, God. Refill us, God. Restore us, oh God. God, we don't want to run on empty anymore, oh God. God, we don't want to run, oh God, on empty, oh God. Thank you, Lord. God, baptize us today, God. Pull out of your spirit, oh God. God, we need you today, my Lord God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. That we may do your will, oh God. That we may obey you, oh God. That we may obey you, oh God. The Bible says, oh God, that they laid hands on them, God. God, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, oh God. Fill us up, oh God. Let us live a full life, oh God. God, we want to be spirit-filled all of the time, oh God. God, we don't want to live one day, God, without your spirit, oh God. God, without your power, oh God. We need help, oh God. Help us, oh God. Strengthen us, oh God, with your grace, God. For out of your grace, oh God. Move for every believer, my Lord God. Strengthen my brother today, God. God, even, oh God, refresh him, oh God. God, refill him, oh God. Replenish him, oh God. God, even, oh God, as you had a special word for him today, oh God. Fill him up, oh God. For your hand is upon him mighty, oh God. God, to do many great things for you, oh God. God, for he's not even finished, God. For he's not even started to do all the things you called him to do, oh God. Fill him with your spirit, God, with your power, oh God. God, let him leave full, oh God. Let him be full, oh God. Let him be refreshed, oh God, and replenished, God, in the Holy Ghost, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Fill us up, God. 
We want to run over God. We want to run over God. We want to run over God. We want to run over God. God, we want to run over God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we want to be like Stephen, oh God. God, when he died, oh God, he died full, oh God. God, we want to be like Peter, God. God, when he stood before the community, God, he was full, oh God. God, we want to be full, oh God. We want to be full, oh God. We don't want to run on empty, oh God. We don't want to run on empty, oh God. God, we don't want to run on empty, oh God. We don't want to run on empty, oh God. We don't want to run on empty, oh God. We don't want to run on empty, God. I don't want to be empty, God. We don't want to be empty, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this on your own. You need God to help you. You need God to help you. You can't do this on your own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. The Bible said they shall be filled. Come on, do your hunger for them. Come on, do all you thirsty for them. Come on, are you hungry for them? Are you thirsty for them? Come on, thank you, Lord. Fill me up today, God. God, refresh me, oh God. God, replenish me, oh God. God, refresh me, oh God. God, to do your will, oh God. Refresh me, oh God. God, I don't want to run on empty, oh God. God, I don't want to run on empty, oh God. God, I don't want to run. Iman door up. Oh God, we don't want to run on empty, oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, we don't want to run on empty, God. God, I don't want to run on empty, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. God, till I overflow, God. Baptize me, oh God. Submerge me, oh God. Baptize me, oh God. Submerge me, oh God. Baptize me, oh God. Submerge me, oh God. God, I want to run over 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 God. Let every believer realize, God, that they don't have to be empty, God. God, let every believer realize, God, they don't have to live empty, God. Let them seek you in their homes, oh God. Let them seek you in their cars, oh God. God, let them seek you, my Lord, God. Cause us to seek after you, God. The Bible says, God, that if we seek God, we're going to find, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. The Bible says that if we ask, oh God, we shall receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. service Friday. Amen. Amen. Next week we're going to finish our last part of this message on power. But Friday night, amen, we're talking about shifting something totally different. We're not going to be in this series. Amen. Because we want to go in 2022 with a shifted mindset. Amen. We want to shift the way we operate. Amen. We want to go to another level. One of my friends got a business called Level Up. I love that name. We want to go to another level in this thing. Amen. And, and Friday night, I'm going to have some good news about our project on Wall Street. Amen. So I'm going to update you on that as we prepare to go into 2022. Amen. Pray with us that by February, March, we're going to be in our new spot. Amen. Rain has served us, but it's time to move. But that is the journey. Sometimes God brings you through journeys and that's okay. I'm quite okay with it. I thank him for this. Amen. So let me give you our benediction in Numbers chapter 6. And we're going to get ready to go. Number 6, 24 to 27. And this is how we dismiss. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.